that is the whole point of all of this. There is success to be found above and beyond whatever happens with infertility. It's just a blip in our life to be celebrated and embraced, not to be minimized by and not to feel ashamed for it. Welcome to Inside Reproductive Health, the shop talk of the fertility field. Here you'll hear authentic and unscripted conversations about practice management, patient relations, and business development from the most forward-thinking experts in our field. Now here's the founder of Fertility Bridge and the host of Inside Reproductive Health, Griffin Jones. Today on Inside Reproductive Health, we have a special edition for National Infertility Awareness Week, and I'm joined by one of the most influential people in the infertility community on Instagram and the blogosphere. Her name is Tia Jendusa. Tia and her husband spent six years trying to conceive both naturally and through assisted reproductive technology, went through five IVF cycles, Five did five retrievals. Yeah. Total five cycles, yeah. Experienced miscarriage, experienced the range of services through art, including PGT, now speaks to the infertility community, writes for them professionally, has, is even starting a summit that will take place uh, this National Infertility Awareness Week in Chicago, speaks about child-free living and the infertility journey and women's health. Ms. Tia Jindusa, welcome to Inside Reproductive Health. Hi, Griffin. I am so thrilled to be here with you. It's pretty cool for us because you're the first non-field side person to be a guest on the show, meaning we've had people that have gone through the war, but maybe they're involved at a professional level of patient advocacy. You are really somebody that I consider to be one of the influencers of the the infertility community. And I think that's such an alien space for so much of the people inside the field. Do you feel that way? I think so. I think that I, you know, I don't have a medical background. I don't have the ins and outs. And I definitely didn't start my career in any terms of counseling or, you know, women's health or anything like that. But it it just sort of evolved naturally in terms of being able to reach uh, other women just through, just through speaking with them and, and taking the time to get to you know, learn about them and learn what makes them tick. And it's, you know, like I said, it's funny because prior to infertility, I was a very selfish person and I spent a lot of time, you know, focused on me and how I could make my life better. And those tools that I learned through that, along with the empathy that comes from failure after failure with infertility has sort of given me a platform that reaches women on a more specific, intimate level. And I'm forever grateful for everything that has you know evolved from infertility even though we didn't end up with our plan a option to become parents it's just amazing to me how robust the community is on instagram and on facebook and in the blogosphere as well but especially on instagram and i've been talking about it in the field for years and sometimes i feel don't believe me and i have to shove my phone in their face and say, look at this and look at what your patient community is saying. Look at who they're talking to. Look at what's important to them because it really is like um, 
you know, the, the public square of the community. And I just feel like so many of our clients and so many of our prospective clients are divorced from it, that they could really be solving a lot of the communications problems with their patient population if they embrace this side a little bit more and built relationships with these influencers and advocates. Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely a need for more he- mental health awareness. There's more need for, you know, just the ins and outs. We're, we're not looking to be numbers. I mean, we've said that a million times over. And that was definitely one of the questions that we answered when we were starting up fertility treatments ourselves was, you know, we're not looking to just line up with everybody else and, and get our, you know, like cattle herd of women and men in and out. It's not you know, we're not looking for the money-making schemes of the world. We're looking for the nurses that work within the practices that reach out to you at, you know, the 11th hour because you're panicking about a shot. You know, we're looking for not only discounted meds or, you know, more coverage for just the cost in general, but just the, just the secondary side of this of, you know, in within the fertility clinics, is there an option for easier access to counseling? You know, I, I realize that there's just a huge need for readily available, even if it's over the phone or some sort of, you know, outlet that way to connect with infertility specific counselors and therapists and other people and other support groups. It takes a lot of initiative from women like me and my co-founder, Lindsay, to find the time to start things that can, you know, group people together in real life versus, you know, Instagram is definitely a big platform to start the conversation, but there's so much you can't say within those little, you know, squares. So, I mean, that's definitely, there's definitely a humanness that we're missing in terms of, you know, how we go through the IVF process, how we go through these fertility treatments and still feel like we are people, when you were going through treatment, how did you find support? I have always been rather open about my journey. I, you know, I was talking to friends and family and I just kind of realized that the bulk of my real life friends all have kids, all found success, never went through infertility or at least never talked about it. And then through another mutual friend, I started reaching out on social media like Instagram. I always thought Facebook was a little bit combative, but I found Instagram to be a little bit more generic and you could be anonymous or you could be completely, you know, open however you felt that way. So I started sharing and I would talk through my cycles and you know, you would gain so many other perspectives for, you know, similar women that were walking through similar paths and it just took off from there. So the communities, you know, some people have tons of similar followers and some people have, you know, connections all over the place. And and more recently, since, you know, I decided to kind of walk away from treatments, I've been uh, having my focus more to reach out to find the, the women and men that have also walked out and try to help them find their power after infertility. Because it is, it is a unfortunate, shameful stigma to walk away. Did you get any of this information or connection for support? Here's groups or here's counselors, here's uh, forums from your practice when you were going through treatment? 
in a way, I, it wasn't presented to me as like a, you should really consider this while you're going through treatment. I actually learned a lot about, you know, yoga practices and acupuncture and things like that through the community, the other women that were going through this kind of stuff, because maybe they're going to a smaller clinic. I actually ended up going to a bigger box clinic just on a whim. It wasn't something that I had researched thoroughly, but it wasn't until I had my miscarriage that my doctor recommended I seek, you know, therapy with a specialist that goes through the, you know, in the infertility community. Unfortunately, I wasn't in a, in a space to have a two, three hour round trip commute just to go to this specific therapy session. So I had to kind of do my own work to find some sort of, you know, specific family counselor that could help me through with the tough times right after the miscarriage happened. Are you in the city of Chicago? Are you further out? I'm about an hour outside. So anything that was city specific, I would have to do that commute round trip. And it was always during business hours. And I have a full-time job. So there was, <laughs> there's not a lot of opportunity for, for me. And if there is, I didn't know about it. I think that's another reason why people seek support digitally so often is because, like you said, if you can't, that's it's two hours right there. And you're, you're really only an hour outside of a very large city, but there are people in the middle of Montana, right? In the middle right. of Maine somewhere. And, and, and having access to someone in their immediate vicinity is sometimes nearly impossible. Well, not only that, but at that point, I was so irritated that we had spent so much money and time and resources just trying to get to the end result that, excuse my language, but when it all went to shit, you know, the last thing I wanted to do was to try to coordinate schedule and pay for another therapy session that's supposed to be helping me. I mean, if I, there, I wasn't in the right mindset to coordinate, you know, three, four hours of my, you know, week, every week. It was just, it was not worth it to me to try to figure out that specific hub. So then you started sharing your story, started doing that on social media, writing about it. There are so many different segments of the infertility community. There are people that are have gone the adoption route. There are people that have talked about success after IVF. There are people that pursue uh, faith-based route. Uh, you talk about the child-free segment of the infertility community, and now you've started the Infertile AF Summit. So talk to us about how that got started and what that message is and who it's for. So I've always written. I've been, I wrote about my whole fertility journey. I always blogged. I always, like I said, I always wanted to document. It was sort of like my own personal journal and I was happy to connect with people that got it. So it was always something like, well, if someone did a Google search, I want to be able to have something written from my perspective that makes sense to other people. And like I said, from there, I started connecting with more and more women over Instagram. And one woman in particular, I have followed for a few years and she's followed me back. Um, her name is Lindsay Fisher and she's actually the co-founder with me for the Infertile AF Summit. Uh, fun fact, we've actually never met in real life. And so that's kind of an interesting thing that, that social media has brought us together remotely and we're able to have such a good you know, business partner aspect to making the summit a success. And the whole gist of how this thing started in the first place is 
I just love retelling it because the goal was to get together with a couple other infertility warriors in the area and have a quick dinner sometime in the summer. Like, let's just make it casual. And I must have had way too much coffee one morning because I just reached out to her after she said that. And I said, hey, what if we did a summit? you know, a dinner or group of women where we could speak and talk about these different aspects. And then she challenged me and she goes, yes, what if we made it bigger? And we were thinking 50 to 60 women, you know, no big deal, you know, something we could manage, especially in the short time frame. We went from July to the end of, you know, NIAW because that seemed to fit as far as like the fertility timeline and especially for promotion and, and excitement and things like that. And we sold out the first summit in seven days after ticket sales went live. So we had sold out 75 seats and quickly scrambled back to the hotel that we were working with and asked for to double capacity. And here we are two weeks out from the summit at the time of this recording. And we have completely sold out the secondary venue. We're housing 140 men and women from all over the US. We have people flying in from Canada, from you name the state, they're coming in. And the goal and the mission for us is to break down the stigmas and the taboos surrounding all the really terrible parts with infertility, not just the success stories, but the the stigma surrounding success and how women feel alienated once someone they know finds success. How do we manage those emotions? How do we deal with, you know, when you feel like raging and, you know, setting fire to everything around you after a miscarriage? And how do you deal with walking away from fertility treatments? How are we how are we empowering ourselves to embrace this disease instead of letting it minimize ourselves? We're trying to break down the labels and all of the mental health issues surrounding infertility. The biggest thing from this is, although we do have corporate sponsors, they are not the highlights of the day. It is all about the patient perspective. And it's everything from you know, persons of color to the easy route, to the child-free route, donor egg, surrogacy. We have everything trying to get covered just so that we have perspectives from everyone. So everyone feels that they are, you know, involved, validated and equal in this summit. Yeah, I just want to reiterate that because sometimes I feel like I'm talking to a wall. So if it sounds like I'm on a soapbox right now, I am because sometimes it just face so much resistance from inside the field about embracing social media and about embracing the community. And there's so much skepticism often for lack of wanting to more deeply understand or to practice some of the new ways of reaching people. And here you are, one person in the community that built a following because you were writing about it for a long time, because you were connecting with other people. You got 150 people to come to this one place because they want so badly to be with other people who understand what they're going through that they have things in common with. Exactly. That's just it. We, we were nervous to, at the, at, to begin with, to set our expectations higher than we thought we could manage because we didn't know if people would be willing to not only pay for a ticket, but pay to fly out, stay in a hotel. I mean, there's a lot of cost behind this cost behind this, especially when some of them, a lot of people are still cycling, 
you know, they're currently pregnant. They're trying to budget for new babies. You know, they're, they're dealing with careers and everything else going on with this. I mean, the response was, it just blew us away. Not only are women and men more than willing to come out here from all walks of, you know, all corners of the U.S., all the corners of Canada. We have, we want, there's people that are, would like to come over from the U.K., from France. I mean, we've had all kinds of outpouring. It's just insane to think that we didn't, we knew we were doing something different. We knew our message was unique, but we had no idea the reach that we were going to get in response to this. This, there is clearly, we're clearly on to something. We're clearly creating a, a, something that's not ever, ever seen in the U.S. I mean, the need to have the patient perspective and put the patient first and validate that this disease is not going to take over our lives. And and no matter how the outcome is, it's good. It's a good stepping stone to create a bigger, better life. That is the whole point of all of this. There is success to be found above and beyond whatever happens with infertility. It's just a blip in our life to be celebrated and embraced, not to be minimized by and not to feel ashamed for it. So I want to give the disclaimer, which is Fertility Bridge is one of the sponsors mm-hmm. of the Infertile Avson. But we're doing that because I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm sending two of my team members. We're creating some cool things for some of the attendees, something and just tiny little gifts that people will hopefully find cool. But we're doing that because if you're not relevant to this community, then you're not relevant in this part of our space. And I, I don't think that can be understated. I think people have thought for a long time that this social media or this community or it's just sort of a nicety or it's a tiny little subculture or it's something apart and it's quickly become the face of who our patients are and if we're not participating uh with places like with events like the infertile lab summit or if we're not talking with the bloggers and the influencers in the in Instagram, then eventually we're just not talking with our patient base. Exactly. And you can go to a million different conferences and learn about the latest medical, you know, breakthroughs, or you can just go talk to your doctor at any point and he'll give you all the stats and all the details and stuff. We're not here for, you know, I mean, really, that's just the nuts and bolts of going through the treatment in the first place or even considering it. That's not our job to break down the medical portion of this. What, it, what you know, like I said, the goal of every aspect of this is to walk away feeling so empowered that you want to share your story with that. You know, if you're in a tiny little town in the middle of Arkansas and you feel like nobody understands you, that you wear that title of infertile as a badge of honor, as opposed to something to feel ashamed about and swept under the rug. Just as, you know, women and men celebrate how quickly they found success with pregnancies and things like that. We should be able to say, Hey, you know what? I'm infertile and I did this, this, and this to make my baby or I didn't make it. I had the miscarriage. I'm resilient. I, you know, walked out of those ashes and I started doing this whole different life change. The whole point is we're supposed to be able to take this 
terrible thing that has happened. Everybody has trauma. A lot of people, this is their trauma. Infertility is their trauma. And be able to stand on that and launch themselves into something better. You know, and if that means that we need to start doing more coaching, more training, things like that, get people up and running so that they are able to work with the men and women showing up today, then that's what we're going to do. This first summit is just the stepping stone to bigger things. And we are looking to not only double capacity moving forward, but to branch out as far as we can reach. For the listening audience, I want to pull out something that Tia said, which is being a part of the infertility community is a badge of honor, because very often in our space, I think we contribute to the self-fulfilling around fertility because I'll show examples of this and exactly what you just said that there are people that want to be proud of the community that they belong to and that the people that they uh, have found so much support from and I will show people examples from Facebook, from Instagram sound bites of what you said and people will look at that and still say people don't want to talk about it They don't want anybody to know about it. And that's very often true, but how much of it is because we're contributing to that self-fulfilling prophecy. So I, I wanted to point that out because this entire summit is happening in the face of what we would have otherwise said that people want to sweep under the rug. I think the evidence is clearly mounting to the contrary that people want to have this human connection in there. And many people are willing to be perfectly public in order to, to find those peers. So see, I'll, I'll let you conclude with your thoughts, anything I didn't ask you about or anything that you would want to share, knowing that most of our audience is practice owners, physicians and practice managers, what would you want people to know about the infertility community at large or even the Infertile AF Summit specifically or anything else you're working on? Well, I mean, I would think that we we want the real facts. We want the we want the real information. You know, unfortunately, there are a, a couple sound bites that you hear all the time. Things like "never give up" or "just try one more time" or "just do that, just do this." But maybe in your heart of hearts, you either need to you know, stop just trying every month with simple OPKs. Maybe you do need to take that next step to fertility treatments. Maybe you need to walk away. Maybe you need to, you know, consider alternatives like adoption and donor. And every time we switch gears, it becomes a very scary step because it's unknown. You're you're taking another leap of faith. And the idea that, you know, I, I, I loved the fact that my doctor told me, I, mean, I already knew I was stopping. In my heart, I already knew I was stopping. But it was very refreshing for him to say, you know what? I don't want to take your money anymore. If you're not going to try, you know, we were, it was never in our hearts to consider adoption or donors. So he didn't even want to see me back at the clinic anymore. He's like, look, we've done, you are, you are golden. I would never take your money anymore just to, just to keep trying alternatives that I, I know. And I think, you know, are never going to happen. And I think it was sort of refreshing and kind of like a nice closure to hear that from someone that has done this for so long and could be considered a money-making scheme in a way just to know that like, I'm okay. Well, however, even if I walk out this door and never look back at another baby ever again, I'm going to be okay. And I think that that's kind of the consensus is, you know, 
the baby doesn't make everything perfect. The family doesn't make it perfect. If you are struggling internally, mentally, that's what you have to work on. That's what matters most. It's not about... I mean, everything above and beyond, whatever the outcome is, if you do grow your family, if you do have the baby or find adoption to be successful or anything else, that's great. That's just the cherry on the icing of a, of a beautiful life. But if your life, if your mental state is no good... That's what we're hoping to work on and work with our, you know, with our guests for the summit and everything else. And that's why I'm on social media talking to people in the first place because it's more. It's more than the baby. It's more than infertility. It's more. It's be. It's so far beyond that. There's success to be found in all aspects. I think it's so important that we in the field have close relationships with with you, with people like you that are advocating and connecting people in the infertility community because there's no excuse in a 2019, 2020 world to be two worlds apart. We're right here and there's so many different interests and anxieties and concerns and goals and aspirations from the infertility community it's as diverse as, as any community. And in order for us to be able to properly serve them, we, we have to be in communication with them. So Tia, thank you so much for getting these people together, for speaking publicly so that people connect with each other. And thank you for coming on Inside Reproductive Health. Awesome. Thanks so much, Griffin, for having me. You've been listening to the Inside Reproductive Health Podcast with Griffin Jones. If you have a strong opinion about today's episode, we want to hear it. Agree, disagree, or have another point to add, please email podcast at fertilitybridge.com and tell us if you recommend a guest or a topic for a future episode. If you're ready to skyrocket your fertility practices growth and double your IVF cycles, schedule your fertility marketing discovery call by clicking the link in the show notes. And if you just want to learn more tactics to market your fertility center, download our free ebook, The Ultimate Guide to Fertility Marketing on fertilitybridge.com, also available in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Inside Reproductive Health Podcast, and we look forward to talking more fertility shop on future episodes. 